0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Bible Verse Breakdown. Today, the verse I am going to be breaking down for you guys is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, which reads, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So firstly, what did Jesus Christ mean by the Kingdom of God? Well, the Kingdom of God in the Bible essentially refers to the purpose of God, the way God Almighty wants to save humanity and restore us to perfection. If you read Acts chapter 3, verses 19 to 21, you see Peter the Apostle spoke about the times of refreshing and the times of restitution of all things. And if you read Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, Jesus Christ said that we should pray for the kingdom of God to come, suggesting that it plays a really important role in helping us to attain perfection. So that's kind of the idea. It's the will of God, in summary, the purpose of God. So Christ is saying we should seek that. First, To seek something first is for that thing to be a priority. So, like for example, people talk about having a bucket list, like, these are the things I want to do in my life, right? So, it's kind of like, spirituality, doing what God wants, achieving the will of God, is at the top of that list. And, the way we do that is, the will of God, and so on, we consider it in everything we do. When we're raising a family, it plays a role. When we're making money, it guides us. When we're making friends, it helps us to choose our friends correctly, and so on and so forth. So, it's always a priority. And if you read the last phrase where Jesus Christ said, and all these things shall be added unto you, what he's essentially saying there is that, Even if we have to forsake certain things, like if you read Luke chapter 14, verse 26, he said that if we forsake our family members, for example, if they are not going to help us serve God, or whatever it is, maybe houses are riches, if they are a distraction, then we give them away so that we can focus on doing the will of God. Then Christ said that we are His disciple in that instance. And if you read Mark chapter 10, verses 28-30, to you can see where He told the disciples when they had asked Him, we've forsaken all, so what are we going to get in return? He then told them that, you'll receive all those things back. And then, in the world to come, you'll get life everlasting. Now, when you read this verse, you might see him as though, okay, so if I give um, my vehicle or whatever so that I can serve God better, Christ is saying you're going to get much more of that. It doesn't necessarily mean you'll get more of that physical thing, but at the end of the day, you won't miss out. As the psalmist said, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. And the psalmist said in Psalm 34, verse 10, For the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Look at the way the widow of Zarephath, even when there was a famine and this was the last meal she was going to make, she first of all made a little bit for Elijah when he had asked, so that she could make sure that he was fed. Now remember, Elijah is a man of God. He wasn't just any normal person. So by extension, it was like she was trying to make sure that the will of God was covered before she went to do her own thing for herself and her son. And because of what she did, God made sure that she ate throughout the entire famine. She never went hungry. So that is a good example of how all of these things will be added on to you. If you also read 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 3-15, to this is another really good example. You see where King Solomon had asked for wisdom. And because God was so pleased with the fact that he'd asked for wisdom, he not only gave him the wisdom, in much measure, but he even gave him the riches and the pleasure and all that stuff that he didn't even ask for. Because as Christ said, when you put God first, all those other things will be added, so that you won't miss out. On anything, And another cool aspect about this is that, when you put God first, you can boldly go to God in prayer. If you haven't put God first, then it's like, I mean, I haven't really done what God wanted, so it'll be difficult for me to ask him about anything. But by the time we put God first, then we can confidently approach him. Look at the way Hezekiah approached God when Isaiah the prophet had told him that he would die. He said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. He was like, I've made you my priority, so why am I dying now at such a young age? Or if you look at the way Samson approached God after doing a great deliverance for Israel, if you read Judges chapter 15, verse 18, we see this, And he was sore athirst, thirst, and called on the Lord, and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant, and now... Shall I die of thirst, and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised?" And God even used Malachi the prophet to tell us that we should test it, if we make him our priority, whether he will actually bless us or not. He said, "...bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there be not room enough to receive it." So in summary, what Jesus Christ meant in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 is that when we make God our priority, he will also make sure that he takes care of our backs so that we don't lose out on anything and we will be capable of continuing to do his will as he desires. And that is where I will stop on breaking down Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, which once again reads, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Have a good day, and God bless you.